you like a spot of tea, love? Yes, that would be lovely, darling. Presenting English in a Teacup, your guide to learning English one sip at a time. Hello there and welcome to English in a Teacup, your guide to improving your spoken and written English one sip at a time. My name is Charlotte Prudent and this week we are getting ready for Halloween. Halloween is that time of year when we like to eat lots of sweets, get dressed up as witches, vampires and zombies and go out and try to scare each other. In this episode, we will be learning some very gruesome vocabulary, gruesome, horrifying, shocking, as well as an introduction to the grammar topic of inversions. Inversions are not very common in English, but for students preparing for the IELTS or Cambridge Advanced exam, Knowing how to use inversions is the key to getting a higher score in the writing sections, but more on that later. Don't forget to check out my Halloween video on my Instagram at English in a Teacup, as well as all the videos and extra material provided for every episode in this series. To help us with our scary Halloween topic is our very own Miss Finestocrat, a fine English lady who today will be telling us of her terrible experience trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. How will she get on? Let's find out, but not before first taking a sip of tea. Mm. Now we can get started. Well, darlings, where do I start? I never liked Halloween much, not even when I was a little girl. Rarely did I leave the family mansion to go running through the streets, frightening old ladies and begging for sweets from the houses of the working class. I considered the whole thing rather ghastly. Therefore, on the night of the 31st of October, I was expecting to pass a rather tranquil night alone in my house without being bothered by anyone. Famous last words. That evening, I prepared myself a cup of tea, took my favourite Jane Austen book down from the library shelf, and went to the living room to enjoy a little bit of bedtime reading. No sooner had I sat down in my favourite armchair by the fire than I heard a strange noise. It was rather an eerie sound, like someone suffering from a terrible case of asthma, and it was coming from one of the dark corners of the living room. As I looked closer, I beheld a ghostly white figure standing there completely still, watching me. Well, I considered it rather rude for someone to enter my house uninvited, and I intended to give them a piece of my mind. 
Little did I know what they had actually come for was a large piece of my brain. Scarcely had I risen from the chair when the figure ran at me. As it came closer, I recognised the figure to be my ex-housemate, John, the hairdresser, you know, the one with the beautiful hair like an Afghan dog. But his appearance was terrifying. Not only was he missing half his face, but he was also covered in blood. He looked utterly revolting. He crashed into me, and we both fell on the living room carpet. And you won't believe what the crazy man did then. He actually tried to bite me. Well, that was the last straw. I hit John over the head with my Jane Austen book, got back to my feet and ran to the wall where my father's old hunting gun was hanging. I pride myself on my perfect aim and hardly had my uninvited guest had time to get to his feet when I blew his head right off. As I approached the body, I noticed the rest of them. Never had I seen such a spine-tingling sight. At least a hundred zombies were staring at me hungrily through my living room window. Well, under no circumstances was I going to allow them to eat my brains, especially as they had been so rude to come to my house uninvited. So I started to prepare myself for battle. It was a very long night. I know it is not civilised behaviour to go around shooting people or chopping their heads off, but I must admit that for the first time in my life, I actually enjoyed Halloween night. The last zombie standing was my neighbour, Mrs Harrison. In life, she was an absolutely ghastly individual who spent all her days gossiping and watching Love Island. No wonder she turned into a zombie. I took great pleasure in beheading her. The next morning, I received a visit from one of my closest friends, Jeanette who also had thankfully survived the zombie apocalypse. Never have I seen so many brain-dead people in all my life. I wonder how it started, I said. Oh, we already know the answer to that, Jeanette replied. It was discovered that turning into a zombie can be caused by two factors. Oh yes, do tell. The first one, obviously, is being bitten by someone who is already a zombie. And the second is, Jeanette came closer, drinking large quantities of coffee. The first zombies were naturally the ones who spent hours around the coffee machine in the office, consuming more than three litres of the stuff a day. It was only a question of time when they would eventually become zombified. Indeed, I agreed, and we continued drinking our tea. 
That leaves only one more question. What on earth am I going to do with all these dead bodies in my garden? Poor Miss Finestocrat. I'm sure it's an experience she won't forget in a long time. But she has, as usual, given us some wonderful words and phrases, not only to describe things that scare us, but also to add suspense and emphasis to our storytelling. Let's start with the grammar section. During the story, Miss Finestocrat uses a grammatical structure called inversion to add more drama and suspense to her narrative. But what is inversion? Here are a few examples. No sooner had I sat down in my favourite armchair by the fire than I heard a strange noise. A little note on vocabulary. No sooner means almost immediately, almost at the same moment. So almost immediately after sitting down in her chair, Miss Finestocrat hears a strange noise. Under no circumstances was I going to allow them to eat my brains. Under no circumstances, there was nothing that could persuade Miss Finestocrat to change her mind. Not only was he missing half his face, but he was also covered in blood. No sooner, under no circumstances, and not only, when placed at the beginning of a sentence, cause something very strange to happen. The normal order of the sentence changes. The subject and the auxiliary verb change places, which is very similar to the structure we use when we ask questions. So, instead of not only he was missing half his face, we would say not only was he missing half his face. He, the subject, and was, the auxiliary verb, change places. We will look more into the structure of inversions next week, but for now, I just want you to understand why we use inversion. As I mentioned previously, inversion is used to add drama and suspense to your story writing. It doesn't have the same emphasis saying, Frodo had no sooner put on the ring than he disappeared, compared to no sooner had Frodo put on the ring than he disappeared. The second adds a more dramatic effect and tone to the sentence. Or if you're complaining about your meal in a restaurant, it doesn't have the same effect if you say, I have rarely eaten food as bad as this, compared to Rarely have I eaten food as bad as this. Once again, the second sentence has a stronger effect. Important note here. Inversions are not very common in the English language. People who speak other Germanic languages like German, Dutch or Swedish will find many more cases of inversion than we do in English. Inversions are generally very, very formal 
and used mainly in writing. Unless, of course, you are a fan of the game Never Have I Ever. For people who don't know Never Have I Ever, it is a game where someone starts by saying a sentence about something they have never done, and if another person from the group has had this experience, this person has to drink alcohol. Never have I ever traveled to Timbuktu. Never have I ever gone skydiving. Never have I ever kissed a horse. Oh, damn. Now let's have a look at the vocabulary. Ghastly. I considered the whole thing rather ghastly. We've heard this word a lot in Miss Finestocrat's other stories, but what does it mean exactly? It refers to someone or something that is extremely unpleasant, shocking or horrifying, and it can be used quite generally. For example, what ghastly weather we're having today. Did you hear the ghastly news about Robert and Jane's divorce? You're not going out in those ghastly clothes. You look like a tramp. Eerie. It was rather an eerie sound, like someone suffering from a terrible case of asthma. This adjective is used to describe something that is strange and mysterious, often in a supernatural way, which makes you feel uncomfortable. For example, imagine it is Halloween night and you are trapped in a big abandoned house. It is completely dark, except for the light coming from the full moon outside. We could say this place has a very eerie atmosphere. Ghostly. I beheld a ghostly white figure standing there completely still watching me. The word naturally comes from the word ghost, a ghostly figure or a ghostly presence. However, we can also use it to describe the color of someone's face when they are shocked or unwell. Wow, you've turned ghostly pale. What did the man tell you? After the chemotherapy, her face was ghostly white. But his appearance was terrifying. Not only was he missing half his face, but he was also covered in blood. He looked utterly revolting. Terrifying. Someone or something that is scary or frightening. For example, the storm was truly terrifying. It shook the house and we were afraid the roof would collapse. Revolting. This is a synonym of disgusting, often used to talk negatively about someone's hygiene or the taste of food. Never have I tasted such revolting food in my life. Henry was a revolting child who never had a bath. Zombified. It was only a question of time when they would eventually become zombified. This word is used to describe a state of lacking energy or enthusiasm. For example, doing a boring job, not getting enough sleep 
or spending hours on something that doesn't engage you can turn you into a bit of a zombie. After a 22-hour flight, Jeffrey arrived at the airport completely zombified, not even aware of where he was. Jennifer has been in the same boring job for years and she is starting to feel a bit zombified by the repetitive daily tasks. Many people who spend more than six hours a day on social media will start to feel totally zombified and lose track of time. Well, that is all we have time for today. You will find the PDF for this episode in the description as usual. Remember to tune in next week when we will be continuing with the grammar topic of inversions, this time focusing on the structure. As Miss Finestocrat writes a letter to a travel agency complaining about her holiday from hell. In the meantime, you can follow me on my Instagram, English in a Teacup, where I will be providing videos, quizzes, and new vocabulary for every episode in my podcast. See you next time for English in a Teacup, naturally served with a lovely spot of tea.